This is Chris, a dating doc, and this is going to be one of my most raw, vulnerable episodes on mental health and a little bit about my story as a man and why we need to be more vulnerable. Stay tuned. Why am I making this episode? It is, it is needed. It's needed because it's going to be a cathartic experience for me as a man, as a father, as a soldier, and as someone who's in this date coaching business, I take on a lot of shit. I have to say it like that because I, you know, sometimes letting it out, just cursing, mm, feels better. Feels better than being all enunciated all the time. Men and mental health matters. We are yet, we're so strong, yet we're so weak when it comes to this, when it comes to expressing ourselves and going inwards and finding out what the hell is going on with us. You know, what's, what's, what's in our head that makes us go from being resilient, being tough, you know, living life solo to self-deletion. I'm going to use the word self-deletion because... I sometimes will take this and put on YouTube, so I don't want to get demonetized. Um, we'll start off with the military part. You know, it's too many soldiers, too many soldiers that either take that self-deletion route or they are walking dead. Walking dead because, you know, they, they don't care anymore. They're on autopilot. They've gone through divorce or they're going through toxic leadership or they really don't find any purpose or just kind of like going through the motions, whatever the daily tasks are. And then they get home and they're just tired. Tired because they have to fight with that that inner demon, that inner demon of boredom, laziness, uh, lack of sense of purpose, depression, anxiety, breakups, letdowns, shitty drivers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I'm speaking about myself too. I'm definitely speaking about myself. And we're in this era where, you know, for the military part of it, forget trying to sound weak. Your competition will run with that. They will use that. They will twist it. They will use that to their advantage and say, man, I got him. Because, you know, and the military competition is very pragmatic. Very pragmatic. I mean, it's basically like who can run faster, who briefs well and gets the most attention from briefs, and then who is seen. This doesn't mean they work hard. This does not mean they work hard. Who is seen around, right? And there's a lot of code switching that happens in the military, too. The way I speak to you, I may not go and speak to a colonel or a general that way because, again, you have to do a little bit of code switching. You got to gotta sound all proper and disciplined, all that. Any deviation from that, and they will run with it. Not everyone. Not everyone. But I'm talking about those devious ones that will pat you on the back. And then they'll do these little indirect messages, you know, indirect, like, oh, you know, 
be nice if uh you know I, I chris seems like a great american a smart guy right you got to preface it with some good stuff but man you know it's just um he's not really one of the boys he doesn't really hang out as much and even for the ones that aren't part of the boys they might say something else they may you know they might be like hey have you seen him not knowing that i'm taking the meeting that he's supposed to be at not knowing that I'm doing work that he was supposed to be doing, but he's too busy jawjacking. Fortunately, I'm not living that right now, but I have lived that. So when you live in that kind of environment and then rewind what got you in the military in the first place, mental health matters. You're like, man, I joined the military to serve my country. I'm in uniform, these awesome traditions, you know, salute, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. Sergeant Major, First Sergeant, all that good culture, all the beauty of the military is destroyed by the BS that continues to test us. And what I'm talking about is just the office shenanigans. I haven't even gotten into combat-related PTSD. Seeing your friends either lose their own, you know, take self-deletion or being a casualty in combat and then you really go back to that mental flow chart of, of that mental feedback loop of why do I even do this it's not all negative it's not all negative because I also love the military I love the fact that you get to be in a diverse environment everyone kind of picks up this accent it's like this North Carolina slightly country slightly hood accent it's, it's actually a beautiful thing so there's this collective culture that I, I really enjoy about the military that doesn't require a lot of work when it comes to mental health because that's pure joy. But it's, again, that BS that just hurts and betrays us. And even though we're getting that good check, even though we got some great benefits and we're chasing that 50% retirement, there is a lot of pain a lot of pain associated with it and a lot of times when we smile when we don't really mean to smile times when we stay later at work when we really don't want to be there not because we don't believe in the mission because we lose ourselves because again those smiles become fake as fake as those folks that are flattering you complimenting you motivating you because they want you to work harder some really don't care that's painful. That's why, again, I, I do this because I want to start off with the military part of it. I'm going to segue now into fatherhood. Fatherhood. Fatherhood is the catalyst of why I do what I do in life. I mean, here, here's the deal. 10 years ago, 10 years ago, I didn't expect I'd, I'd be a father. I was living the single life, go on my dates, you know, relax, take my little naps at the house, go to work, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, cool. I was very self-competitive, driven, building business, but I didn't think like, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna have a child. It didn't even cross my mind. The only thing that crossed my mind was like, okay, cool. Eventually in this horizon out there somewhere, Maybe I'll get married, have my kid and whatnot. I did not plan on, on having a child. 
but it truly has been a blessing. And I don't mean blessing in like a religious way because I'm not really all that religious. I'm more spiritual. But again, the, the, the spirits, the vibrations and frequencies led me to having a child. Led me to having a child with a woman who I am fortunate is a mother of my child, even if we were not meant to be a couple. For those that don't know, you get to hear my story on how it all happened. Now, we know what the, what the act was that caused the pregnancy to happen. But let me let me tell you a quick story on how, how it all came about. So, again, flying solo back in 2011, I got into a bad car accident. Ironically, after a date, a woman I met off of Match.com, nice Polish woman who was going through nursing school. I got into a bad car accident, broke two ribs, have a, a slap, you know, just rotator cuff, um, rotator cuff, um, tear, shoulder, rotator cuff, tear. And um, I had no one to call after the accident, but my date, and I spent the night there, everything was cold, this is not who, uh, who I got pregnant, by the way. Came back home, and for about two or three weeks, I was bedridden. I was on some legal painkillers, Wish I could be on some, uh, you know, some of that grass, but some legal painkillers. And lo and behold, an on and off friend, just someone that I met, met off a match, right? I, I saw her as attractive, but I didn't really think like, ooh, man, I really want to, you know, really want to get with this woman. I just saw her as a real nice, attractive woman. So we would hang out. I'd be her plus one to weddings and all kinds of stuff. You know, again, more on that buddy, buddy vibe, truly buddy, buddy vibe, not let me kiss her ass so I can get some. No, it was a very chill vibe. She was like, hey, I'm going to bring some barbecue over. And I don't want anyone to see me. You know, I, I, I was too proud of myself. And I, I don't want people to come by and see me in this kind of state of affairs. But I said, okay, sure, whatever. And that was my attitude was like, sure, whatever. Let me just get the food and then she can, you know, leave, right? But, but... Now that I'm well-versed in the uh, love languages, and I had no idea what the love languages were back then, but bam, she comes by, some gift giving, some acts of service, and I love that. I was so turned on that, you know, I went beast mode and she got pregnant. That's what happened. That's how she got pregnant, right? And about a week and a half later is when she drops the news. She's crying, she's bawling, and you know, I tell her, I'm like, look, um, I bet you are pregnant. But, you know, I'm kind of hungry. Let's let's go eat somewhere. Right. Because she came by my apartment and was just bawling because I think she expected the worst. Why did I say, hey, you probably are. And let's go eat. It was my way of disarming her. I was very chill about it. You know, I wasn't I wasn't uh, it wasn't that I didn't want the child at all. I was actually at peace with it. And I said, let's go eat. Instead, we went to a clinic and, you know, verified everything and all that. And then we went to Whataburger. Shout out to Whataburger, one of, one of my favorite places here in Texas. I don't eat too much fast food as much, but, you know, that was one of my spots. And uh, the second, you know, we found out she was pregnant. I signed up for daddy boot camp classes, started YouTubing videos, whatnot. I just, I just went all the way in, nose to the grindstone on fatherhood. And that summer, my lease was up for my apartment. I had to choose. I could either re-up my lease or I could live with her. And I knew we weren't 100% like a couple. You know, there wasn't that romantic connection or whatnot. But 
as a man, as a man, I knew I was going to step up as a, as a dad. There was no panic. There was no anxiety about it. I just told her, I said, hey, uh, let's live together. All right. So we were together for three and a half, four years. And when I say we're together, we were glorified roommates. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't on that tip of like, oh man, we're going to get married. She wanted to push for that. I honestly uh, did not because there are some fundamental differences for us as a couple. As parents, we we are and we were great. But I just didn't see us as, as a couple. And I wasn't going to give in to this societal pressure of like, oh, we had a kid. Now we got to get married. Uh-uh. I knew how to discern the fact that I could still step up as a man and be a damn good father because I do take pride in being a good father. And then secondary to that, be there for her. Because she needed that help, right? She she had work. I had work. You know, I had a couple months off uh, before I went back, um, put my uniform on, military life. But I was like, uh-uh. I'm not getting married. Because what? Because family said we got to? So then we can be miserable because we know there's that incompatibility? Uh-uh. That's living a lie. I can't do that. But bottom line, uh, fast forward... Every time I have my daughter, I love it. Okay, I truly, truly love it. For those that have waited anxiously for my podcast, I might be having fun with my daughter that weekend. I, I, you know, this past weekend, I took her to an anime convention. You know, um, I love to actively listen to her when she's doing cartwheels on the carpet. I like to watch and be like, good job. Okay, it's basically a culmination of all my skill set as a dating coach, as a businessman. You know, I, I look at my daughter as the ultimate stock, right? The, the ultimate investment. I look at I look at all the things that I've learned and how I can apply it to truly empowering my daughter. Where I could make her cooperative and nurturing while at the same time make her strong and independent, but not on this toxic feminist type of thing. But at the same time, not making her so cooperative that she doesn't understand boundaries and how to say no. So again, these are it's a culmination of what I teach my female clients, my male clients, all infused into this, this ultimate student that is my, my daughter. So I love fatherhood. I know a lot of folks in, in, in the manosphere, you know, folks that are male content creators do not understand fatherhood at all. They can complain about woman and female nature, but they don't understand the beauty of fatherhood. And I invite anyone, if you are in a situation right now where you can, you have a child and you can return to that fatherhood piece, do it. Do it. I'm telling you right now, words cannot express the joy I feel as being a father. But in this next section, I'm going to go into the pain, the pain of being a father. Stay tuned. ultimate pain of fatherhood is when if you're a good father when you're not being a father it's one thing to think about your kid or kids and it's another thing to just sit in, at home and ironically be in solo again right as if I didn't have a child at all but the realization of knowing that I am a father hurts it hurts because 
lots of great purpose and joy uh, comes from being a father. Because guess what? A lot of people forget. A lot of people forget our parents had to go through a lot of crap for us to get to this point of TikToking, staring at our phones and being comfortable. You know, if you're listening to this, more than likely you are not in a war-torn country. You're not evading being kidnapped by your own government or by some, you know, drug cartel. You're pretty safe. And we forget the just the crap that our parents went through. Working our working their asses off, watching us, feeding us, clothing us, cleaning us, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And we live so comfortable now. If you're 21 on up and you know responsible adult, we, we live real comfortable. So if you're not a parent, you know, the, I, I just want you to kind of feel what I'm saying. If, if you're a parent and you love being a parent, you already know what's up. It's that ultimate lack of purpose. You know, I'm here at home. I'm fortunate I have a dog because nowhere does my dog equate the love I have for my daughter. But my dog forces that responsibility to take care of, of something sometimes bigger than myself, not physically, because that'd be trouble, but just knowing that this dog gives me unconditional love, it, it keeps me a little bit sane. But when I have my daughter around, there are times when I'm admiring her coloring in her coloring book. I'm admiring her eating her grilled cheese because I'm wanting to burn that in my memory. This is my creation. This is someone I could mold and they bring a whole nother level of happiness that my favorite cheesecake, that a good workout, like some good sex does not equate to, okay? That true joy and happiness and genuine just positivity that comes from being a father. That hurts when you don't have that. And what hurts even more is this rigged system that even as we live in this new age of strong and independent women and celebrate empowerment, the system is outdated to pimp, yes, I said that, P-I-M-P, money from fathers when it comes to divorce, child support, et cetera, et cetera. Even if you and the mother are great parents, the system assumes and generalizes that women are weak and men are always going to be the breadwinners. And you don't see women... You will never see a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of women put their energy to protest that. They'll talk about equality all they want. They talk about how they want that respect, but they will not come out in droves to fight our cause. And I'm not mad at them. I get it. You put your energy where it's at. But it is painful when, again, us as men, we're supposed to keep all of this in. The hypocrisy of the system, the fact that the system is involved with something that's love, loving your child, being a good parent, co-parent, even if you're not in love with your former partner, there, there has to be some love, some respect. But when the system gets involved, it just bastardizes everything. That's like if I'm growing some nice flowers in my backyard and all of a sudden I got to take pictures of that and send it to the government. And they gotta tell me how to water and feed my plants. Even though that's such an organic, literally organic process where I can see the beauty of it growing on its own. The freedom where I don't have to check in with anyone to let that plant grow. 
Okay, that's something very natural. You know, but I have to make sure that X, Y, and Z is covered. I get it. I get that the system is there to protect mothers, especially from deadbeat dads, right? Men that aren't worth shit. I get that. I understand that. But there is no difference from the ones doing their job and the system just wanting to make their money. And all they're doing, and they don't give a damn, all they're doing is jeopardizing men's health, mental health. Because we're like, come on, really? And then me as a military guy, I'm fighting for you fools, but you don't fight for me? And I'm being a good father? That doesn't make sense. That does not make sense. That's like me volunteering. But no, I got to pay to volunteer. And on top of that, I get no credit if I volunteer. Like that that's how ass backwards the system is. And is uh, I get it, it's not fair. I'm not, you know, I'm not here to just spend the whole time on the podcast episode complaining about it. But look at the holes and gaps in it. Doesn't benefit anyone. Okay, yeah, I got it. You know, some some free money for the mom. Some need it. Now do do uh do you need ex-wives that need 300 thousand dollars a month right some of these uh sugar babies that rip off uh their celebrity ex-husband no we know that women know that but now we celebrate they celebrate getting the bag that's painful that's painful uh it's going to deteriorate society men are no longer going to want to even be in relationships because of the system itself so what you end up having is either less kids, less marriages, or one-parent households. Because guess what? The system is bastardizing a process that should be organic. I'm I'm pretty sure that the tribal times had it better. So yeah, it's very painful. It's very painful when I don't have my daughter. It's very painful when she questions what divorce is at her young age. I've never gotten married. But she knows, she's understanding what breakup is, the fact that the father-mother dynamic is not there. And I know that was that's grown-up business, right? That's something me and the mom have to deal with. But there's a lot of pain for guys, a lot of pain. I have to bite my tongue when it comes to social media, right? Because some of the mutual friends from, from, you know, the mother of my child, they will automatically side with her, even if I'm being a better parent. Because there's this generalization that men aren't shit when it comes to being a parent and that women, moms are the victims. But we bite our tongue. As painful as it is, we bite our tongue. Like, man, what, what kind of soft stories these up? No, no, look, we got to get it out. Men need to be able to tell the stories. All right, there's some strength and vulnerability. I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna say it. A lot of you too scared to go down this route to really talk about what's going on in your head, okay? Because you worry about judgment, and all that. Um, there's a reason why men have increased rates of suicide, especially veterans, okay. Talk about dating, 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 Whew, right? The dating doc. I got to talk about dating. It is rough out there for a player. I don't mean play as in a guy who gets around. 
talking about just you know dude a dude doing his thing living life it is rough out there women want attention women don't want attention woman likes a guy who's humble woman don't like a guy who's humble Women don't care about money because they make their own. Women care about money. Y'all are so confused. We don't want to try no more. Do we even go up to y'all in person? Nope. Y'all too busy playing on the phone. I don't want to interrupt that session. Okay. And as much as I believe in the Me Too movement, Harvey Weinstein, all that crazy stuff, Bill Cosby, all whatever is going on out there in this weird, wild world. Yes, we need to protect y'all. But there's a whole other side of me, too, where I think, you know, flirtation might be dead unless it's online until, you know, unless I'm DMing you. How can I flirt with you? Oh, he a creep. Oh, he probably got a woman. All these weird traumas and things in your head. And there's just not this natural flow, this energy for me to say, cool, I want to talk to this woman. Mm -mm. It's a whole different world now. Whole different ballgame. And you know for a fact, you know for a fact, you see it. The same back and forth, wishy-washy hypocrisy. Why should men go up to you if we are that confused? You're going to pepper spray us? I'm sorry, I got a boyfriend, even though you really don't. It's even excusable for y'all to come up with these little white lies. On the flip end of that, yes. There's some good dating still happening, right? Us men, we can still go out there and and go out to a club, go out to a bar, because that's where y'all kind of let loose, right? You're out there for a reason. You're, you're not out there at a coffee shop where, you know, your guard might be down, but it's during the day. You're not really there to pick up someone, right? We got that. There's some good playing going on on both sides. You know, we know sex is still going on, especially with dating apps and social media. But is there really a lot of substance building? Hmm. I'd argue there's not, not in 2021. There's not a lot of that substance building because there is this assumption that someone's going to get hurt. So why try? So the whole vibe is off. And the reason I even look through the lens of men is because us as men, we are the aggressors. And I don't mean aggressors in a dangerous way. We're the initiators. We're the ones that have to go up there and be like, hey, what's going on? Um, I've seen you at this coffee shop a couple of times. What's your name? I'm Chris, et cetera, et cetera. No. Okay. Nowadays, no, they give you them weird vibes. They don't want to go around that coffee shop no more. Or there's a small percentage that they're cool with it, right? You end up dating, whatnot. One of y'all ghosts each other, doesn't text as much, and then becomes awkward. And then, yeah, one of you can't go to that coffee shop no more because it it seems too weird to see that person. Communication skills have gone out the window. Effort has gone out the window. Being witty has gone out the window because now you got memes. I love my memes. I love my TikTok videos. But there's just not that oomph anymore. And men, we're the ones that's supposed to, you know, we're supposed to do most of it. But ladies need to step up. You can't just be like, oh, cool. The guy's got to be witty. The guy's got to get my attention. Well, shit, do something to get our attention. Like you royalty. Uh-uh. And if you listen to it, you're like, I am. Nope. Don't get on that mentality. Some of you are fives thinking you're tens. I just had one situation that I had to let go. The woman could pass her a model, but a table could have a better conversation with me. Okay. Real dry texting. Didn't really talk much. I got standards. I'm sorry to say it. If you look good, but you can't talk to me, how can I even grow old with you? 
and oh, it could be a couple months from now. How can I even say, cool, let's watch some Netflix together and enjoy each other's company? If you're not even going to talk, I got no cuddle vibes. I don't even want to hold you. Don't matter how good you look. Might do my little thing with you and all that, but no, I'm not going to, that's nothing for me. You know, so dating is rough. Dating's rough for men because, again, we're the ones that's supposed to initiate. And since women are getting a buffet of attention, they are getting a buffet of attention to the point that their dopamine is burned out and all they have left over is to play with their pets. So how can you truly, truly connect with someone when you got what you needed? You got that attention. You got that validation. You sent that little, you know, cute little sexy selfie. A lot of dudes DM'd you. They, they liked your photos. And I thought these were women just, you know, teenagers in their 20s, whatever. No, no, there's grown women in their 30s, 40s, beyond posting these photos because they're trying to get that attention. You have to realize, I just talked about my last segment, how the system, the government, bastardizes relationships and, and parenting and all that. Technology is bastardizing dating. The same way you could DM someone, it's the same way you can get that dopamine burnout from all the attention validation. Why even try? The same device you're using a stare at, if you put it down, could be that opportunity to look someone in the eye in real life and then you get to chatting, you get that magic going. The same device that you could use to call someone, have a conversation with them, see what their voice is like, see how they flow, it's making you lazy to the point you would just want to text. So we got we, we're at a crossroads right now. It's gonna get worse. It's gonna continue getting worse until we wake up and realize, damn, we need to really be mindful and live in this world. And woman, you have to be inviting. You have to smile at a dude. You have to give choosing signals if you think he's attractive. You can't be shy. You can't assume everyone's a Craigslist killer. You can't, no. You got to even get your social skills up. Some of you don't even know what you're trying to do, but you want a man, but you want, you know, you you want kids in the future, but y'all don't even know how to connect. Same thing with guys. Some of these guys, all they do is video games and watch the wrong kind of websites. You know what I mean? Got no social skills because we're all technology driven now. And men, okay, this is where the mental health matters. That companionship. Okay, if collectively we don't have it after a while, we're going to become a more depressed society. So you really need to up your game to get something that ultimately means sometimes a lot more than even your job and your career. Companionship, building a family, building a legacy. I don't care what all the red pill says. Be about your purpose. Be about your purpose. It's all going to circle back to woman somehow. Whether you want to spoil one, whether you want to start a family, whether you want a relationship, you're on your purpose for a reason. You know, you're on your purpose and what? Which you going to be a dog, a dog man instead of a cat lady? So it's rough out there. But man, I'm telling you right now, just stay patient, love yourself, okay? And then just keep shooting your shot. You're going to find her. You're going to find her, okay? Even if you got to stumble through it all. You're going to find her, but you got to stay resilient. You got to stay positive. This is Chris with Dating Doc signing out. Peace.